full circle. Full circle. Hi, I'm Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. Girlfriend, this is a place where you and I can connect. It's a show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. Happy Saturday, family. Welcome to another edition of Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. We've got a great show for you today. This show, family, I think is really important because how many of you out there are taking care of a loved one or someone in your family or just taking care of people, period? I'm not talking about in the motherly way, although moms are caregivers, but I'm talking about if you're caring for a loved one that may have dementia or Alzheimer's or cancer or something where you are caring for their daily needs. This show is for you specifically. My guest, Pam Michelle Tate, is here. She is a caregiver, and she's got a resource for you if you are a caregiver. I'm so excited to introduce this book to you, a devotional, 31-day devotional for caregivers. It was just released in April, and it's called I'll Fly Away, and we're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about Pam's journey and so much more. But first, let me read a little bit of the bio, and then I am going to let Pam introduce herself. So Pam Michelle Tate is a Bay Area native on a mission to help women of domestic violence live strong and powerful lives. Having helped to establish the Black Women Revolt Against Domestic Violence Resource Center, she shares some of her personal story in an anthology, My Walk Past Hell. But in addition, she is a caregiver, taking care of her mother who has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. In her journey, she has learned the importance of self-care, and in her book, I'll Fly Away, she provides a safe place for individuals to journal their joys and pains of caring for a loved one while still trying to care for oneself. That's all I'm going to say, family. I'd like to bring Pam to the stage and let her introduce herself, and then we're going to get into conversation. So Pam, first of all, welcome to Full Circle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And um, it's nice to actually see your beautiful face after all of the emailing and coordinating of doing this. And so I'm really excited. Thank you for having me. You're absolutely welcome. It's my pleasure. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself to the Full Circle family? Um, Sure. I'm going to be brief. I am Pam. I am a mother. I am an advocate for both domestic violence survivors as well as education. Um, I'm a former preschool director, former college instructor, as well as college administrator. And I'm the mother of three plus one bonus child. And I love saying bonus child. I'm going to be a grandma for the first time with my bonus son and his wife. We're expecting a baby girl in August. Um, I am caretaking for my beloved mom, who I call the Silver Fox, or my kids call her Gigi, and um, had a little turn of events in the last week. But, you know, God is good, and and we're just going to keep moving until she's no longer moving. You've got a lot on your plate. First, let me congratulate you for first time grandma. It's probably a very strange dichotomy right now with... Mm -hmm 
having a life that is, for lack of a better term, slipping away and a life that's coming into the world. For sure. I'm sure that that really has its ups and downs emotionally for you right now. It does. Um, We think my mom has been trying to hold on for that first great-grandchild, and we hope to have another one by the end of the year, but we definitely have one on board for August. And, um, you know, it's it's definitely interesting. We have a baby shower on um, June the 12th. Um, I understand you have a celebration as well. We have a baby shower, and um, we're just hoping my mom will make it to that. And so they say someone goes and someone comes, and that's kind of the circle of life. And so that's where we are. I pray that she holds on and I'll be praying for you as well and your family. Let's talk about I'll Fly Away. We don't really do a lot, or let me say, I haven't seen a lot of resources for caregivers. Can you talk a little bit about I'll Fly Away and what was the the inspiration behind writing the, the devotional? Um, sure. I, I started out and I actually scrapped it. I started it out with essays. Each day had a topic, same topics are in the journal, but I wrote an essay to go with each one of those topics. It kind of became therapeutic for me. Um, At one point I was caretaking for my mom. She had finished chemo of six months and then went into radiation immediately after that for an additional six weeks. And she finished her radiation and we had the big celebration of ringing the bell. We were all excited. And two days later, I looked at her back and I said, what is this? And they were brand new nodules of cancer. And it was so disheartening after, you know, going with her through that journey and caretaking and taking her to every appointment and, you know, making sure her nutrition was okay. And I moved out of my house into her house and it was just so disheartening. Um, I actually had an anxiety attack and I just was like, I don't even know what to do anymore. I was just at my wits end for lack of a better word. And um, I started writing and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to write this and and put it out there for people to kind of like, you know, reflect upon. I said, for me, a lot of the essays were reflecting on, you know, when we were younger and how she took care of me and how it's an honor to be able to take care of her now. And then there were some that got really dark, like, you know, the one that I wrote the day that we discovered the cancer was in a whole new area. I was really angry and, and feeling really bitter and cheated and just, you know, really sad for her. And, and after having watched her go through what she went through and thinking, you know, she deserves so much more than to be suffering through that. And I just decided, you know, we've sing songs at church and, and I just remembered I'll fly away one, one glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. And, and I said, you know, This has gotten too personal in terms of essays, but I like the concept of helping someone or guiding someone through those feelings and those stages of grief, because even in caretaking, there are stages of grief. You do have anger, you feel betrayal, there's grief, the loss of what you thought was going to be or the loss of what was. And so I wrote those topics out and decided to make lines for people to do a self-reflection Um, because there isn't anything that I found that worked for me that would have guided me into doing something like that. And granted, you know, if you like to write, or if you just want to have a place where you can kind of write your thoughts and get it out, I thought it would be helpful. Um, I'm an insomniac. 
um, which goes to my anthology story. So I'm an insomniac for probably well over 20 years. But one of the things that helps me to go to sleep is clearing my mind. And so I journal. So whatever's in my mind, I put it on a piece of paper, I write it all out, I close up the book, and then I go to bed. And then I usually will fall asleep unless it's something really, really, really heavy. And so I thought this might be a great way to help someone through their process and to put it out there for people to be able to work on. I would imagine that there are so many worries as a caregiver, especially if you're caring for a parent, you know, just the worries of the sadness. And like you said, you know, you go through these stages of grief, just like Mm -hmm. before they actually transition on, there's still the anger and the things that you said. I can imagine too, that after having gone through all that, and you're a woman of faith, so I really want to know, how were you able to reconcile your relationship with God? Not saying that it was strained, but I could imagine here we are, like you said, celebrating She's done with chemo. Yes, we've gone yeah. through that battle. And then here's, you know, it's like you're knocked off your feet again. Yeah, it was difficult. I, um, I had to pray and I just kind of was like, you have to believe. I said, you know, at the end of this, you know, I know she'll be back with my father. I know she'll be back with, you know, they were married for 42 years. I know she'll be back with her mom and dad. And I just, I have to believe that um, because I think if I didn't believe that, I don't know how I could go on. Um, it has been difficult. And, and I like to talk about the sandwich generation. I have children um, that are 19, 21, and 30, and 31. And it's, you know, it's been rough on them as well. So two of them are in college. And I had to tell one of them during midterms that grandma, you know, has, has had a recurrence of cancer. Everybody was devastated. And um you know, if, if we didn't have faith, I know we couldn't, couldn't have gone on. And when I say sandwich generation, you know, I'm working full time. I'm taking care of my kids. Thank goodness. One is now out of the house, living his life. The other one had to move back home during COVID. She was in the dorms. And so it was definitely a, a weird transition. And you add COVID to all of this and it's just like, baby, this has been yeah. a crazy, crazy year. Um, I had COVID last March in the house with my mother who was taking chemotherapy. And so we had to self-isolate and split the house in half where I had to keep away from her and she had to keep away from me. But um, we managed with her not getting it. But it's it's been a year. And if I didn't have faith, I know I would not. I would not have made it through this year. I think none of us would have made it through this year. Talk about strength and talk about strength that we didn't even realize that we had. Right. Just you just we just keep going and going and going and and just having the faith and the courage. And as long as you get up every day, it's like I can make it. It may not feel like it, but I can make it. Next thing you know, you're at the end of the day and it's like I made it through that day. Right. There's so many stories and things that people don't talk about as well um, in terms of taking care of someone and not just necessarily your parent, if you're caretaking for anyone. But in my case, I was the person, I'm the only child. I have a stepbrother, but this is my mom. And I had to take away the keys to the car. You know, it's like, you can't drive anymore. And oh, that was not a pleasant conversation. Not pleasant at all. You know, here, you know, you're my child telling me the adult that I can't drive my own car that I paid for. And it's like, it's a safety hazard. You know, they don't tell you how to do that. I can agree with you on that because when we had to do that with my dad before he passed away, we we had to take away his keys and he wouldn't believe me or my sister. Like, 
we had to have the doctor tell him and reinforce mm-hmm. it because he was like, I am listening to y'all. What you talking about? You know, right. We had to have the And the doctor. doctor did tell her she still took the keys. And so then we had to take the keys and remove them from the house. She ran into a car. They both backed out at the same time and ran straight into each other. Another older person, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny. Um, so the insurance said they were both 50% at fault and recommended that neither one of them try anymore. (laughs) So we're like, okay. But um, when we first found out she had cancer, I was in Las Vegas at a conference and my son sends this picture and it's my mom's car in a house. She lost control of the car and hit a house. And I'm in the middle of a conference and I screamed like bloody murder. I couldn't believe. And um, he's like, she's okay, she's okay. I was like, don't ever send someone oh a picture like yes. that without saying something. <laughs> you got to preface it for <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, teenagers, you got to love yes. who's a teen then. But, um, you know, it's, it's just something that we're not prepared for. And I do hope that um, this book will help. I started it with a forward where I kind of do an analogy of my family and all of us are on a plane and mm-hmm. we're going to Bali. And that's a very pivotal trip that we were planning to do when life just kind of fell apart Mm -hmm. and we're all on the plane and I'm sitting by the two younger kids and my ex-husband sitting with my mom and my oldest son and the plane starts to go down and you know me being the mom I I start telling everybody make sure you grab your mask and then you know my mom secures her mask and my ex secures his mask and my oldest son grabs his and my daughter manages to get hers with her short little arms. And then my middle son has really bad asthma and he's like having this asthma attack trying to reach. And I grab his mask and I give it to him and stick it on him. And then by then we're like 10,000 feet over the water. And, you know, they're all, they got their flotation devices and they're starting to jump off the plane. And I am about to black out. And I was like, wow, what is the first thing they tell you on an airplane? Put your mask Put on your first. Mask on first. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I had been so engrossed in my caretaking that I was taking care of everybody else, but I stopped taking care of me. And it took me having that anxiety attack after we discovered those new nodules of cancer on my mom to go, I have been functioning on autopilot for eight months, taking care of everybody under the sun, my job, the parents I work with, the clients I work with that are DV survivors my own kids, their basketball teams, their baseball teams, you know, family members, church members. And I hadn't done anything to care for myself. And um, it just became, I need to plan out self-care. I signed up for a kickboxing class that I went to every day at 5.30 in the morning. Like you did what? Mm -hmm. 5.30 in the morning. I love kickboxing out in Pacifica and went out and kickboxed and got a lot of aggression and anger out. It helped with the anxiety. I met a whole new group of people. It was outdoors during COVID time. We all had 10 feet of space around us Mm -hmm. in our own individual bags. And I just said, I got to do this for me because if I don't take care of me, I can't take care of anybody else. You are so right, Pamela. And you know what happens a lot of times too, is that the caregiver ends up getting sick because of that very Exactly. Exactly. They don't take care of themselves because they're taking care of everyone else. And then they end up getting sick. And so many times I have heard that the caregiver has passed away or gotten really sick Mm -hmm. too. And then now we're in a real situation because we've got the original person that's being cared for. And now the caretaker needs assistance as well. Exactly. I'm so glad that even though 
took the panic attack and that revelation to wake you up. I'm glad that it did because yeah, you know, our bodies can only operate in use stress for so long, right? You know, at some point it's going to start breaking down because those chemicals that flood our bodies can start breaking down our immune systems as well. Exactly. And the strangest things like the little, the little ache that you never have becomes autoimmune disease and, mm-hmm. and all kind of random stuff. You're like, where did that come from? It comes mm-hmm. from not taking care of yourself, not listening to your body, not honoring your temple and, um, you know, working for everybody else, but doing nothing for yourself. And in addition to this, you're caretaking for your mom, you're an entrepreneur, right? A full-time entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You have children that are, you know, are being raised or, you know, out the house. And then also at some point in the mix too, you, you got a divorce. Yeah. Miss Pamela, my heart is over. (laughs) Like, I don't know. You know, you always like, how much can one person take? Oh my goodness. You know, and, and I have to say that last one was something that was coming. And, you know, I think that's allowed me to be a better me. Um, it's encouraged me to do the things that I like to do and to take care of myself a lot more because I spent a lot of time again, taking care of others and neglecting myself. So that has been a a good thing in so many ways. Wow. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get into I'll Fly Away, how people can actually purchase the book. And can you just give us like one or two samples of pages from the book? Would that be okay? I can do that as soon as we get back. Okay. All right. So we're going to take a quick break, family. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. We'll be right back after the break. Like what you hear? Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. And she's back. Empowering women one conversation at a time. This is Full Circle with Miss Wanda. And we're back, family. Thank you so much for staying with the program. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Ms. Wanda, having a wonderful conversation with my guest, Pam Tate. She is an author, domestic violence survivor advocate, and she has just published a new book. It is called I'll Fly Away. It's a 31-day devotional for caretakers, and we're going to dig into that right now and how you can pick up a copy for yourself or a friend or family member. So, Pam, thank you so much for being here. I want to dig into I'll Fly Away. We've talked about your journey to caregiving. You mentioned that this devotional and journaling itself helped you to process through the feelings that you were experiencing, like you talked about. And it's so true that we do go through a grief process. Whenever there's a change in our life, we go through a grief process. So this helped you get through your or is helping you walk through this process. Can you give us some examples of the pieces in the devotional that people can expect to work through as they're going through the devotional for themselves? Yes, each page has a topic. And so I'll start off with um, exhaustion. Actually, we'll start from the beginning. Love. The greatest gift you can give to someone is love. And so focusing on that and, you know, coming up with loving memories or what has this person's love meant to you. The next one is faith. Testing faith develops perseverance. And when I think of perseverance, I think of courage and I think of patience. And um, that's James chapter one, verse three. Um, And so I'd like to really hold on to faith, particularly when things get dark or when you're facing the unknown. And there is a lot of unknown when caretaking. 
Another one that I have is exhaustion. These are not all positive types of topics, but exhaustion. Come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And that is Matthew chapter 11, verse 22. And um, I definitely take solace in that and encouragement in that knowing that I had to adopt and adapt and kind of say, you know, at the end of the day, it'll all be there tomorrow until it's not there tomorrow. And, you know, sometimes you just have to embrace those types of challenges. You've gotten to the end of the day, you've got the person you're taking care of settled, you're exhausted. And all you can do is turn it over to God and be like, tomorrow's going to be better. There's nothing that's going to happen today that God and me won't get through and focusing on that. And then I have one on self-care that I really love. Um, I am a sorority member of Zeta Phi Beta sorority and our soror Audrey Lord um, has a quote on self-care and it's caring for myself is not self-indulgent. It is self-preservation. This is so key. I think as Black women, as Black superwomen, as people of color and women who have the tendency to, I can do it all, I can have it all, I can be it all, I can take care of it all and everyone, we have to remember self-care is so important. It's not an act of you just being indulgent, someone saying, I'm going off to go to the spa and I can hear people going, what is she doing going to the spa? Like they got money for the spa. It is okay to take care of yourself. Get your nails done. Even if you go buy some hard as nails and do it yourself, get your um, hair done. If you chop it all off and just get a new moisturizer for your hair. Read a book. If there's a book that's out and you want to read it, or if you want to get a, a audible book and listen to a book, do what you need to do to nourish your soul. If you are not taking care of yourself, you cannot, in good conscience or good action, take care of someone else in the manner that they should be taken care of. Because it's a reflection of who you are. If you don't take care of you, you can't really, honestly, truly take care of someone else. You cannot pour from an empty cup. You have to replenish yourself. That's one of those things that's really important, I think, and I'll fly away. You mentioned the exhaustion and that not all of these are happy, like love and peace and things like that. But it's true. You, we do face exhaustion caring for others. We do face some of depression or some other things. So yeah, mm -hmm. while every topic isn't what we would expect to be an upbeat or happy topic, they're real. It's real to a situation that a caregiver, real feelings that a caregiver may face. Yes. And the thing about it too is having it in the book, I think it even helps them to not feel guilty about those things. Right. Like someone else is experiencing this depression or this anger or whatever it is too. And I feel like it gives them permission to acknowledge it. Yeah. Give them the permission to feel that and then to work through it through the devotional. For sure. I um, also adopted a song, which is funny. You know, I, I, there, well, she's 19 now. She's not a young teenager anymore. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when they were younger, I, I tend to listen to some teenage music because that's the car music. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're now not in my car. They drive their own. But, you know, when I had that anxiety attack, the thing that kind of stood out in my head was I just kept saying, just keep breathing and breathing and breathing. You know, you got to keep breathing. Ariana Grande, literally breathing, breathing. You got to keep breathing. And so, you know, I'm constantly reminding myself when I feel that pressure coming, 
or we get results that we didn't want to hear or something goes bad and I feel like I'm about to completely blow my top. I just have to kind of pull back and go, okay, just breathe, keep breathing, take a deep breath, count in, pull in your breath and count to four very slowly and then exhale on four very slowly um, to regulate and to recenter myself. And then I say, God, I know I can get through this because you're with me. And we need those things. We need mantras. We need exercises, mm-hmm. like whatever it takes for us to get through it are the things that we need to build our arsenal of tools Yeah, to help us to not end up sick or being sunk in depression or whatever it is. Like we need right. those things to help pull us out. Right. And healthy choices, you know, there were times when all my choices were not healthy. Mm. Um, you know, it's okay to have that occasional drink of wine, but if the wine is a bottle of wine and it becomes, you know, one, two, three, five days in a row, that's a problem. Um, and so making healthy choices is important as well in, in terms of self-care. Did you have anyone that uh, accountability partner, but did you have someone too that you can just go and vent to and cry to and Someone that you can talk to that wasn't trying to fix it, that wasn't trying to pacify, just let you mm-hmm. be in the moment. Did you have someone like that? Or do you have someone like that? I I do. And it, it but it took me having that break to kind of acknowledge that everything is not fine. This is mm-hmm. not perfect. I am not happy. Um, I have three people. Um, two are my my besties. Um, one is Leilani, and you know, she's just, oh sissy, you know, let it out just cry, whatever you need to say, cry, whatever you say, there's no judgment. However you're feeling, it's okay to feel that. But now we need to get past that. And my other best friend is in Southern California and she will just hold the phone and I will go 5150 bananas, everything that I was writing in that journal um, to go to sleep. She can be my, my living journal. And finally, I have someone I call Coach Val, who is one of my um, travel partners in my travel business and we call her coach Val and she is like hardcore get it together get fix your life type of person and she's like okay okay that's horrible I heard that okay I felt that okay I'm hearing you you done what are we gonna do what's the plan let's make it happen you can't stay here you gotta move forward gotta dribble the ball And we need those people to be our backbone and tell us like it is. Tell us that, girl, okay, you didn't drink a whole bottle of wine or you can't stay in this. I'm going to let you stay here for a minute, but now it's time for you to come up out of it. Like we need those people. And I think a lot of times people are afraid to say those things to their friends. You know, and she's just that person where, and she's probably one of very few people who get gets away with it uh-huh. um but she's like okay she said i heard that and she says what's this i hear about an anxiety attack in the er and she's like this is this is not this is not what we're doing yeah. and i was like yeah and she says no 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 buts this is not what we're doing so what we're gonna do is blank she said what's causing you the anxiety i said well you know i have to plan a funeral and da, da, da. she said well let's plan it now i was like what she said we're gonna plan it now because when we get to that point, the bulk of this is going to be done. Yeah. It's never going to trouble you again. You are not going to have to plan the bulk of this again later. You're going to know where all the papers are. You're going to have stuff already somewhat pre-planned. And it's going to alleviate that anxiety and stress. We're going to do it now. And we did. I love that. I love that you had that. 
And I just hope that people that are listening that are going through this situation have that as well, because it's so Mm -hmm. important. And like you said, not everyone can say it, but you know who are those people that are riding with you that that you can give them permission to say, look, I'm going through this. I'm going to need you to be this for me. I give you permission to be this for me. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, um, someone asked me, what's the best thing that I think that you can do for someone who's caretaking a friend or a loved one who's taking care of someone else? I would say, be there, listen, don't avoid them, invite them to things and just understand that you're inviting them, that they're not going to be able to come. But one, it includes them. It lets them know what's still going on in your life. It lets them feel like they are wanted to participate in your life and not so isolated with caretaking and just being there for them. It's really appreciated. One thing I discovered was when we had COVID, or I should say when I had COVID, was people, my friend Leilani has a restaurant and she would prepare meals. My kids would leave them at the door. They couldn't come in the house. They'd, you know, say, hey, we're outside. The food is outside. But people would deliver us food. And then I started getting DoorDash cards where people like, you can order what you want. They will leave it at the door. So now if someone has a baby, I order them a DoorDash. If someone lost somebody, I order them DoorDash because they can order what they want. They can get what they need. They know that I'm thinking about them. And it's just a way to let them know I'm thinking about you. And even if I'm not doing the labor intensive work, you can have it your way because you're ordering what you want, but I'm, I'm there and I'm nurturing you. Something that you said too was to invite your friends that are still going through. Mm-hmm. And understanding that, oh, that's what I was going to say, is not knowing what to say to people. I right. recently had a loved one pass away and I was writing a card. It was my niece and nephew's dad. And so I was writing a card to them and I was really at a loss for words. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of Google, not Google the words, but like how to process through that. Right. And one of the things is like, when you don't know what to say, you know, I'm sorry is okay. And sometimes people think that they have to have these long, eloquent speeches and I have to say this and that. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, it said, I'm sorry is okay. It is. And the other thing I always say is, you know, I'm praying to God for peace that that surpasses our human understanding. You may not understand what somebody is going through. You may not understand why somebody has left a family, but what you do know is God provides comfort and I'm praying that you get through this at that time Absolutely. and nothing else needs to be said, you know, just praying, praying for you and, you know, getting through that comfortable, uncomfortable time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Kind of like Noah's a sentence. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, we don't have to say a lot of extra. It just is what it is. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. That's, that's really good advice. How can people find I'll fly away? Um, they can find it on my website, which is Ms. Tate rights. Um, and that's mistakewrites.com or either, um, they can order it on Amazon. It's okay. on Amazon. Yeah. It's I'll fly away. It is a 31 day devotional for caretaker. Um, it was recently released, so it's, it's available for you, fam. It's called mm-hmm. I'll fly away and you can get it either at Ms. Tate Wrights or on Amazon again. And I'll post those on the full circle pages so that you can have those as well. Thank you. While they're on there, if they look up my name, they should also, I think it pulls up. It might not pull up under my name because it's an anthology. My um, 
other book, My Walk Past Hell. And I've also written a children's book about baseball, a girl who plays baseball um, that was inspired by my daughter a few years ago. So if any of you have any children who play sports that are outside of our um, traditional sports for girls, you might enjoy this book. It is, there's no crying in baseball, a young girl's journey. Well, I want to get to your DV work for a minute real quick before I let you go. Um, My Walk Past Hell is an anthology. You also do some work, I think, on behalf of your sorority, correct? Yes. I actually worked and currently I'm transitioning. So there is a program that we're developing. It's Black Women Revolt Against Domestic Violence. And it is a resource center specifically for Black families and domestic violence survivors. I previously worked at St. Vincent de Paul Riley Center, which is domestic abuse services as their volunteer outreach coordinator. So training people to take crisis line calls. And I also teach a 40-hour class that's required by the state of California to serve as a domestic abuse advocate. Yeah, I have a pretty extensive background in domestic violence work. And when people think of domestic violence, they tend to think someone hit someone. There are other types of domestic abuse. So um, I'm going to put those out there. There are domestic abuse in terms of physical abuse, emotional abuse, financial abuse. Then there's technology abuse. There's also spiritual abuse. There is a lot of um, cajoling as well as sexual abuse um, that has come to light. And so there are four designated, but we have two that we've kind of added into the list of DV services now, which include technology, because now that people are able to move around with technology, they are doing things that are abusive financially abusive, threatening people, as well as defaming people's character, lying, changing, you know, their backgrounds and histories and smear campaigns through technology, as well as I said, spiritual, which sometimes can be emotional abuse. You think people who have been in cults, that is a form of abuse and coming back out into the mainstream is also a form of domestic abuse. I didn't even realize about the technology abuse, but yeah, we've got that more and more, the bullying and all of the things that. Right. That. And stalking is also being done through cyber um, technology. And I'm sure that that work is, that's a handful in itself because it just seems like it's growing in terms of instances. And, and you know, you've got younger and younger girl. I can, I right. was so blown away over the past, I'd say, maybe six months that I have seen four or five young ladies here in the Sacramento area that were, you know, people were putting up their missing signs Mm -hmm. and a lot of them were found, thank God, but they had been with these older. Right. That they had met online. Yes. Which technology abuse. And then also um, there's a whole grooming process, which goes into a whole nother sidebar of CSEC, commercially sexually exploited children. And um, the grooming process is starting online with um, men pretending that they're slightly younger than girls. And of course, the girls are pretending that they're slightly older to attract the men. And then they get them and, oh, I love you. And then they turn them out to the street and um, make money off of them. Yeah. 
it's such a scary time to be, especially to be a parent, you know, right. with so much happening and so much going on and you just have to be so vigilant. I mean, people in general, black women specifically, um, mm-hmm. but I can imagine too, a, as a parent of a younger lady that that too is just, you just got to be on your guard and you got to stay prayed up. Right. For sure. And also we have to talk to kids. Um, I was working with a API group Mm -hmm. and it's, um, they have a youth advisory council. So I'm hoping in the next year to create one that's for black families, a youth advisory council where they actually have experienced DV either in their family or personally or witnessed it with family members so that they can talk about the impact of that. A lot of children don't see abuse as abuse because their condition, that's what happens in their home. Right. They don't know it's not supposed to happen or that's not normal. And then you get a child who's in love and it's their first relationship and they've never experienced that in their home, but their boyfriend loves them or they love their boyfriend. And they're like, This is so romantic. This is how, this is what's on TV. This is what we're talking about. This is Rihanna and Chris Brown. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, it's, it's not that it's acceptable, but you know, that's how people show love when that's what you're conditioned to believe love looks like. Right. That's so true. Oh man. I want to go really quick. I want to end on a little lighter note. I want to talk about the the children's book. So what sport did your daughter play? My daughter plays baseball and um, we're going to be heading to Baltimore, Maryland this summer. It'll be her final um, baseball game as a, they um, didn't get to play their last game last year because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So they extended um, the high school age to 19. So now all of them are freshmen in college. So they get to close out, but she's going for her four-time national championship for her girls baseball team and they are evolution baseball based out of the San Francisco Bay area. Wow. Um, she has traveled extensively and she's played in South Korea on the women's baseball tournament mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. women. She was 15 at the time, women who ranged from 24 to 44 wow. and they took wow. second in the world. So um, it started out with her playing baseball with her brother on a baseball team at Hoover Middle School here in San Francisco when it was still called boys baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, They went on to win the championship that year and they stopped using boys for the baseball team. It's just now the middle school baseball team. Congratulations. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. And best wishes to her on the and their team to bring that title home one more time. I know. (laughs) We're hoping. How exciting. Yeah. And so can we find the children's book on Amazon as well? That is on Amazon as well. Yes. And what's the name of it again? It is There's No Crying in Baseball, A Girl's Journey. And um, gosh, I wrote that. Gosh, my baby is gonna be a junior in college. That is crazy. Yeah, oh she was she was in the sixth grade. So she's been playing for quite a bit now. Well, Pam, thank you so much for taking your time out. I know you have got so much on your plate and the fact that you were able to take some time out just to chat with me and share your story. I thank you very much. I again, um, thank you for having me. This has been great. If you ever come to Sacramento for a book signing. I am hoping we are going to be doing that for um, My Walk Past Hell. The book drops officially in June. We did an ebook initially, and it was a number one bestseller on Amazon under Christian Women um, Self-Help Books. So nice. it's off to a good start. Yeah. 
What's in the merchandise box? I'm looking at your website right now. The merchandise box has I'll Fly Away. It has an I'll Fly Away shirt and it's got a couple of self-care items. I have a girlfriend who has something called the goddess baths that she creates. And so it's got prosperity, um, bath oil, as well as shea butter that's been hand created um, by thegoddessbaths.com. Nice. So family, if you know a caregiver, I mean, I think this would be a great gift for them is the merchandise box. And and then not only give them the box, but give them the time to let them go enjoy the bath, right? Yeah. Give them respite for an hour and allow them to go take a bath and relax and just get their mind off of things for a moment and then be able to recharge their batteries and then come back and be a little fresher. So that's you can find that on Pam's website. It's Ms. Tate rights.com that's ms tate rights.com if you click on shop you'll be able to see the book i'll fly away 31 reflections for caregivers or the i'll fly away merchandise box and also my walk past tell the anthology that pam is featured in as well talking about her experience with domestic violence so you can get all of that on her website again that's ms tate rights.com and i'll post those things on the full circle page pam thank you so much again for being here for joining us for taking the time out to share your story. And again, oh, like I was saying, if you ever come to Sacramento for a book signing, please, you have an open door to come back to Full Circle and we can meet and chat in person. <laughs> I would love it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to just post-COVID being able to do that anyway. This has been absolutely wonderful. And thank you for having me. And I appreciate you and your listeners. And I do hope that people will be a little bit more reflective when caretaking. Um, if you know someone who's caretaking, I'll fly away is definitely something that helps to feed the soul. And it is a journal. So they're writing in it. And I really worked very hard to keep the price points low so that people can feel like they've gotten a value in, in what's in the journal. You want to know more or you want to follow Pam on Instagram, you can follow her at Ms. Pamela Tate. That's Ms. Pamela Tate on Instagram. Again, visit her website, MsTateWrites.com. Family, that's how we're doing it. Show love to everyone you meet, and we'll see you next week. Peace, fam. This has been Full Circle. Follow our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5.